Transformational truth number 12. Delegation without inspiration produces frustration. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Our special guest today on Transformational Truths is leadership expert John Laredo. For 20 plus years, John has been leading organizations in the financial services industry. John has developed an incredible reputation as a turnaround expert with four successful and dramatic transformations of organizations. These include leading the 100th ranked Ameriprise office in Hartford, Connecticut to number one in the country and taking the Boston agency of Penn Mutual from last in national ranking to winning the prestigious President's Award twice and Excellence Award three times. Wow. He currently speaks on stages worldwide on the topic of leadership and is the host of Tomorrow's Leader podcast. Let's jump right into the interview. Our special guest today is leadership expert, John Laredo. John, welcome to Transformational Truths. We're really honored to have you on. Thank you, Travis. Great to be here. We're excited about today's episode. Here's today's transformational truth. Delegation without inspiration produces frustration. And we're talking about one of the most important attributes of good leadership, and that's the ability to effectively delegate. Um, when delegation is done right, it benefits everyone involved. It frees people to run in their lane. It enhances everyone's gifts and talents. But, but far too often, delegation is simply about handing out tasks for others to check off their list without ever showing them why what they're doing matters. And I've personally discovered when this happens, the leader who delegated the task ends up disappointed and, and the person who took the task ends up feeling undervalued. Uh, John, talk to us about the importance of not just giving gifted people uh, tasks to do, but also giving them the why behind the task. Uh, how important is inspiration to the process of delegation? I think it's very important. I think, uh, and, and it's, it's a great topic. I mean, uh, there are so many leaders, so many people in general that have problems delegating because they want to keep control over everything right. and they limit their growth and then they limit the growth of their organization. They limit the growth of the people that they're developing. So delegation is essential. Um, but the why behind it is also essential because if you are, it can be perceived as though you're just dumping something on someone without them understanding one, why you're giving them the task right. and also why it's important to do that task. Uh, so, you know, there, there have been times that I, I've been in situations where people delegated something to me when I was especially early in my career. I didn't understand it um, and I didn't excel with the task because I didn't understand that why. So uh, I think that's very, very critical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've gotten this, there's times I've gotten this wrong and I noticed for myself that when I am not being intentional, about the why and reminding the people of the why, reminding either whether it's my team or whether it's um, uh, people I'm trying to serve or people I'm recruiting to be on a team, 
whenever we're working on a project, if I am not intentional about repeating the why, I've discovered subsequently culture begins to suffer because it's not being, it's being executed as a task and they don't see the bigger picture. And then I end up super frustrated and then they end up um, disillusioned, disappointed, frustrated, you know, everything seems to suffer and there's a breakdown of, um, of communication when it comes to vision and culture. Have you discovered that yourself? And, and, and maybe can you just speak to that for a little bit about um, how do we protect the culture of the organization or the ministry or the business in the process of delegation? Well, I think that uh, you, you have to, as the leader, explain and, and be very transparent with your organization and the people in the organization that delegation is a big part of how you are building that organization and how you're developing the people within that organization. Um, I think when when that's done, then people are understanding that, okay, it's a, it's a privilege to have something delegated to me. And ultimately, uh, that's, uh, that, that's, that's a, a part of my growth is that I'm going to have opportunities to take on different assignments or tasks or roles, um, some of which will be out of my comfort zone. And some of that is, again, by design and intention. Um, and it's important that uh, I think as a leader that you explain that to, uh, to your organization. And then you have a culture that really embraces that. You have an organization that where, where people look at that as, as a reward and part of recognition for being a strong uh, person in that organization. Um, that's how I've always looked to run an, run an organization is that people realize that when I do delegate and put them in, in control of a task, that's me saying that I believe in them, I trust them, I have confidence in the things that I've seen them do. And I'm, I'm confident that they have the ability to handle this task as well. So yeah. then there's a positive connotation with it, not a negative one. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, John, what would you say to a leader who struggles maybe a little bit and, and who, you know, I, early on in my own leadership journey, I've, I've made this statement. I had to learn the hard way, um, but it's still a common statement that you hear. You know, well, if you want something to be done right, you've got to do it yourself. And uh, well, I can just do it myself faster. You know, if I just do it by myself, I can get it done quicker. And, you know, um, oftentimes that is true. You could get it done quicker. But but talk to the leader who maybe struggles with that and just releasing it. Because if you're like, I can get it done quicker, I can get it done the way I want it to get done. What yeah. do we sacrifice, though, when when we refuse to let stuff go? Well, what happens is you you benefit in the short term because, yes, I oftentimes can do it better or faster myself, but I'm sacrificing long-term growth. And right. not just for the organization, but for me and the people in that organization. So I always uh, think about it. If, I can, if, I, if somebody else can do it 80% as good as I can, it's worth having that other person do it because then it frees up my time to do other things. And I, I, I find there's so many leaders that hit up on the the ceiling of complexity, which basically mm. is is a ceiling that limits their growth, and it's because of this very fact that they want to keep everything in their in their control. They want to do everything themselves. They they're they're control freaks. They don't want to uh, yeah. give up anything because they feel that okay, I'm going to do it better or faster. Uh, they win in the short term, but they lose in the long term. Yeah, man, that's excellent. Um, 
and something I want to just back up for a second as I'm thinking about something you just said um, in terms of delegation being an opportunity and the, and the leader's responsibility to help people see that. I think sometimes um, the frustrating part on the leader side of delegation is that sometimes people will perceive delegation as something less an opportunity. I, I, I think um, this might be a strong word, but, but let me just throw it out there. I think sometimes people view delegation as oppression instead of opportunity. Like, you know, I'm not here for that. But honestly, um, man, every opportunity, John, that I've been given came because I was willing to do what others just weren't willing to do. They felt like it was, I don't know, under them, beneath them, below them. Um, but there's something about a willingness to serve the vision of the organization, to serve the vision of the leader. Um, I, here's what I've discovered for myself, and, and maybe you could speak to this for a moment. If, if I want people to support the vision that I carry, I have to be willing to support the vision that somebody else carries. How important is attitude in the process of delegation? I, I think it's very important. Um, and, and I think for a couple of reasons, I think the attitude, you know, and I'll give you an example. I, I think there's a, there's a part of delegation that's very critical to, uh, to ensure that the attitude is, is positive. Uh, you have to have people that understand the vision and buy into the vision and also are willing to and want to be a part of that vision and understand that delegation and taking on different roles and assignments is part of achieving that vision. But at the same point, um, there has to be a specific type of leadership style that accompanies that delegation. And I'll give you an example, mm. a quick story. When I was uh, relatively new in my leadership career, I was a, an up and coming leader. And the, the, my boss had given me and delegated two very important roles. Uh, and I was eager to take them on, but I was also scared to death to take them on because I didn't know how to do them. It was right. one was managing the budget. Now I was in my twenties, so I didn't know how to really manage my own budget, let alone a company. Right, budget. right. So one was managing the budget, the other was managing the staff. Um, and I didn't. Oh, basically, all he did is he said, "Listen, you've done really well. I want you to take over these two uh, very important roles." And I said, "Okay, great, terrific." Uh, but I had no idea what I was doing. I literally had no idea what I was doing with either yeah. of them. And I failed miserably with them. Uh, and and it be, and was basically because I was underled. I It wasn't because I wasn't eager and willing to do uh, it. I didn't know what I was doing. He didn't teach me and provide the right leadership. He gave me what, what I call uh, S4 leadership and situational leadership, which is truly delegating. Hey, do this. But it it didn't come with here's how you do this, and and it should have been very specific leadership. Okay, here's what's expected with managing the staff. Here's how you do it. Here's how you communicate. Here's what you need to do if somebody's out, and here's how you find a replacement. But I had none of that, so I failed miserably. So that example, I started off being very willing and excited and enthused, and I ultimately became resentful. Uh, yeah. at my boss because I didn't get the leadership. I became, uh, it affected my own confidence because I failed at a task that I shouldn't have failed. Right. So it actually was, and then ultimately he had to take the role back because I wasn't doing it effectively. So it was pretty much a disaster all around. 
And it wasn't because of the act of delegating. It was because what was missing was the leadership around showing me how to do the tasks that he was delegating. Wow. So I think that's a part that leaders, it's not just good enough to just say, okay, I'm going to get good at delegating and hand things off. That can backfire in a big way yeah. as it did in this situation. But it has to, you have to accompany that with making sure the person truly understands how to do the task. Wow, that's so good and so important. Um, and I think it's interesting. How, John, how long ago did that happen? That was early in my career. So I was in, you know, I'm 49. That was probably 20 years ago. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And what would you say to somebody who maybe is in a similar situation because, or has, has experienced the same thing? Because obviously um, that moment has be, ha became a catalyst for a learning moment. And honestly, now you're helping leaders um, yeah. avoid some of the same mistakes. So would you just talk to that for a minute for somebody who's yeah. like, man, I, I can relate to your story, John. I've walked that path where I'm there right now. Yeah. You didn't let that define you, but rather it became a catalyst for you. Speak to that. Yeah. I, I think part of it is, you know, I, at that time I let my ego get in the way. Yeah. So I, I was, I, I wasn't willing to raise my hand and tell my boss, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing and I need some help. And can you show me how to do this? I was of the mentality that that would be a sign of weakness. And then my boss would want to take it away from me. And uh, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to let him see that I was struggling to understand how to do this. Right. And ultimately he did because he saw the results weren't there. So I think if you're in that situation where you're the follower, like I was in that situation, given a task, I think you need to speak up. You need to let your boss know, your leader know, uh, who, how, how, what help you need. Um, if you're the leader in that situation and you've delegated something that isn't going the way that you've thought it and you're tempted to take it back, don't. And, and mm. first think, because one, that's going to, it's going to take you further back than you even started. Right. And it's going to affect the confidence of the person that you delegated to, but ask yourself, did I provide the right leadership? Did I show them how to do the task, which is very specific leadership. It's directive. It's, hey, do this, then this, then this, then this. Did I provide that or did I actually underlead that person? Mm. And most of the time, it's not, it, because usually it's not a lack of will, it's a lack of skill. It's a lack of knowing how to do it. That's the reason why the task isn't getting done. Wow, uh, wow, that's uh, excellent. <laughs> Great observation. It's not a lack of will. It's a lack of skill oftentimes. Well, man, that's an excellent truth. Um, and I think you've already started down this path, but let's, let's tackle this question, John. It's been said that delegating tasks without delegating the authority that's needed to fulfill those tasks doesn't develop leaders. It just develops task accomplishers. Um, I think one of the keys to developing our team is to develop their potential. I, I don't think that can happen well until we empower them to make the decision. Uh, can you unpack the idea a little bit of, of why maybe some leaders are hesitant to delegate authority, to delegate decision-making power, not just, not just the task? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I think, again, this, this comes down to a combination of uh, wanting to be in control. And what it stems from us oftentimes is a, a, an unwillingness to be a, a lack of willingness to fail or take a chance or take uh, a risk. That's good. And you have to, you have to realize that, you know, when you are developing people, what comes with that is long-term success and growth 
of the people that you're developing in the organization. But along that road, it's going to be bumpy. It's going to be, there are going to be times where they don't. And you think, we all think of ourselves and you can think of yourself developing as a leader. There were mistakes that you made, of course. Right. Um, So we have to be tolerant of that. We have to be, acknowledge the fact that, okay, it's not going to go perfect. And yes, that's going to tempt me to want to take it back. And it's going to, especially if I've had trouble delegating, it's going to make me, in some cases, feel like I regret delegating, Mm -hmm. but I can't, I have to give the decision-making ability. I have to allow somebody, if I truly am am putting them and, and want to empower them and put them in a position to truly own something, then they have to, what comes with that is the decision-making ability as well. If I'm not, then I'm only doing it halfway and that won't work effectively. Mm. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, trying to teach somebody to swim uh, without getting in the water. Well, you're not really going to teach them how to swim. They've got to get in the water. They've got to feel what it's like to keep their body afloat. And which in some cases means they're going to go underwater for a minute. And then they're, you know, we've all done that at some point, if we've learned how to swim, where it's uncomfortable, but you have to put somebody in that position where there is full risk uh, and, and of them making the wrong decision in order for them to truly own something. Yeah, that's excellent. I, I, I learned um, about halfway through my own journey that um, developing leaders is, is in part you're developing decision makers um, because until your team can make decisions um, on your behalf that reflect the best interest of the organization, then you're always going to be the one making the decision. And the door is always going to be, there's always going to be another knock at the door. There's always going to be another question. And um, one of the most empowering things I have learned to do um, the two words that have helped me to do this more than anything is, is, is simply say you decide and giving my team permission to make the decision. And, and as you said, I think we need to highlight for a second, the willingness for the leader to let team members fail, the willingness to let them fail. Oh my goodness. That's huge. And, and maybe we could just talk about that for a second. I mean, um, there's such a fear of failure. And I think that really paralyzes a lot of leaders and, uh, but failure, man, it's not final. I mean, I can look back over my life and some of the most important uh, lessons I learned, came not from my successes at all. It came from my failures. Talk to that for a second. How important is it for us to reject this fear of failure and not allow fear to paralyze us in in the process of delegation? Well, I I think we we have to understand and we have to go into it knowing that that will be part of it. Uh, It's it's never fun. It's painful. Um, And I I don't want to necessarily give somebody something where the, the risk is catastrophic. I mean, I would not put somebody, uh, you know, that is, uh, you know, doing their first solo flight as a pilot, flying uh, a, a 757 right, right. passengers, that wouldn't be smart. Um, but, you know, I, I remember times I remember, you know, there was a there was somebody that was leading who's now a an incredibly successful leader. And I had the benefit of working with him very early in his very first days of leadership. And I remember one of the, uh, one of the times he did something and he was part of what his role was recruiting and it was marketing and, and he was putting together an email campaign. And, and uh, I was in Hartford, Connecticut, and we were, we were starting to really do well and our business was taking off. And he sent an email out 
um, that that basically went to 5,000 people in the area. So it was a lot. And uh, he sent it in a way where instead of addressing it, Dear Travis, it said Dear, and then it was like, insert first name here. Right, right. So it was one of these things that he came to me. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I just did. And he, and he told me, and it was really upsetting because I felt like, okay, now there's 5,000 people in this area that think we're knuckleheads. And, you know, it was, it was, it was painful, <laughs> yeah. but you know, and he was, he was absolutely beside himself. I didn't beat him up about it. I mean, it was painful. Definitely. Uh, it hurt, but it's not unrecoverable. Right. And, you know, I think those types of things, they're going to happen and you have to, there's a lesson in there. Okay. You're not going to do it again. Here's how we make sure we do it right. Uh, and it's part of his development too. You know, had I beaten him up or maybe taken that role out of his hands because he made the mistake, then that would have affected his whole career. I think. Right. You know, it would have, it would have been a bruise on his ego. It would have taught him not to take chances or, or set that example. And that's not, that's not leadership. You know, you've yeah. got to understand that's part of the road. You're yeah. going to have some failures and setbacks. Oh, that's so good and so important. It reminds me of an old John Maxwell story that he shares about a guy who I think made like a $50,000 mistake for the company. Uh, he comes in the next day with a big brown box. He's cleaning out his desk. He stops by his boss's office and says, um, hey, I just want to let you know I'm cleaning out my desk. And the boss calls him and says, why? He says, well, I just cost the company, you know, $50,000. I know I'm you're probably done with me. He said, why would I fire you when I just invested $50,000 in your education? And I think, um, I think there's something to be said about that attitude from the leader that we have to be interested and invested in developing the potential of the person. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's one of the things I love about you, John, is your heart for the individual, your desire to see the person grow, the individual grow. And I think that's something that every leader has to adopt because every team member can see through the facade of, of the, the, the leader who comes in with the charismatic speech. Uh, but, but deep down inside, all they care about is the bottom line, not the growth of the individual. Mm -hmm. um, vital. John, you've already sort of answered this earlier. You talked about being underled, uh, delegating without saying, okay, here's how. Um, What's what's one or two other maybe pitfalls when it comes to delegation that maybe a leader should be on the lookout for? You talked about being underled, not really giving them uh, the why or the, the how, but but is there something else that we should look out for in this process of delegation that could maybe save a leader some headaches? Uh, yeah, I think I think what you a couple of things. One is um, if I if I delegate something to someone and they do it well and they're doing it well now, that doesn't necessarily mean that six months from now they're still going to be doing it well mm. or a year from now. And what I mean by that is we have to inspect what we expect and I have to always be taking a look and ensuring that what I want to have happen is happening and that person is developing. So I can't just hand it off do a quick check at first and make sure that they know how to do it. You do great thumbs up and then that's it. And I turn away and I never look at it again. That person still needs to continue to be developed. So I see yeah. leaders that do that. Okay. This is off my plate. Yes. This person can do it well, but then they forget the long-term development part of it. Um, the second thing is, which goes back to an earlier point, 
is if you do it right, delegation is a reward. It's it's something that your top people will look forward to and recognize that they are being they are given these opportunities because they're doing well and they are one of your top people. And you have to be uh, conscious of differentiating the right way and making sure that uh, everybody is treated fairly, but not equally. Your best yeah. people should get the right opportunities. So I think the decision of who you delegate to mm. is really important. It's not just, okay, I'm going to delegate to people. It's which ones and for what reasons, uh, because then that's you good. really build the right culture. Uh, otherwise, it can, it can turn into something that's negative. Um, when for, for the opposite reasons, not because they're getting delegated to, but because they're not getting delegated to, you know, mm. there are, I remember that situation that I, I, uh, I, I, when I was given the budget and the staff, there was another leader that was also in that office. And I remember him saying, well, how come you got that? And I would have liked that, you know, that type of thing. So, and I got it because I had performed well. Uh, but if it was the opposite and somebody else got it that hadn't performed well, it would kind of leave us scratching our heads like, well, why is that happening? Why does that right. person get that opportunity? So I think that's also very important for a leader to think through. That is a great, man, that is an excellent point. Um, John, before we wrap up, maybe you can offer us one or two practical tips to the concept of injecting inspiration into our teams, the, the role of the leader slash manager um, to be able to not just talk about the what, but talk about the why. Are there one or two things that you could say, hey, yeah, absolutely. Here's some tips. Here's a couple of ideas that'll help you to continue to inspire your team towards the vision. Yes, I, I, I think the vision itself is critical. It's got it. You have to have a compelling, motivating, powerful vision that not just excites you, but is something that you can articulate in an exciting way that gets mm. other people motivated behind it. If I found that the best organizations, uh, you can almost go ask people in the organization and they can articulate the vision as well as the leader can. Mm. Um, I think that's very important. Where are we going? Why are we getting there? Are going there? What does it look like and feel like when we get there? What does it mean to everybody? What's in it for you, so to speak? You know, what's in it for me? I think that's really important. And I think leaders oftentimes forget the fact that, you know, and, and now we're dealing with a tough time with COVID and right. people are, are li their lives have totally changed. Um, this is the time where people are tested emotionally and mentally. Um, they're, they're very, uh, they're stretched, they're pulled, they're, they're, there's a lot of anxiety. Uh, they're having to juggle a lot. Um, maybe financially things have turned uh, in, in a bad way, health-wise, of course. Uh, and, and people need, they need communication. They need, to, <clears throat> they need to hear from their leader. They need to see their leader. I think it's important that even if you're physically not able to get with people, that it's not just a phone call or a text or an email, but it's, it's seeing your face, doing right. a Zoom meeting instead of a phone call. I think that's important mm -hmm. Because that makes a difference and makes people feel different. I think that's yeah, key. yeah, uh, that's so good. The uh, transformational truth that we're tackling today is delegation without inspiration will produce frustration. Um, John, uh, where can people find you? So they can find me a couple different ways. I have a podcast, as you know, you were fantastic guests on it uh, called Tomorrow's Leader. So they can go either to their favorite podcast 
forum or YouTube and find it on my YouTube channel, Tomorrow's Leader, or they can uh, go to my website, which is laritogroup.com, L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Awesome. Fantastic. If you would like to connect with John, please check out the links that we've included for you in the show notes. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor, take a minute, go over to Apple iTunes, rate the show and write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. John, thank you so much for being on Transformational Truths today. My pleasure, Travis. This is great. I appreciate you having me. 